Well, this morning, I'm going to uh, have you turn to a passage of Scripture. And uh, as you turn to it, you might find something uh, quite familiar. Uh, I'm going to have you turn to uh, Luke chapter 12, uh, verses, uh, well, actually 31 and 32. But the preceding verses will be familiar. It's on page, uh, oh boy, I don't even have the page in the, in the prayer. What, how, what page is it? 737. If you turn to that in, the, in your Bible or your pew Bible, you will see some familiar words that uh, precede the two verses. I think we just heard those words read from the Gospel of Matthew. Now, two of the Gospel writers wrote about this, these sayings of Jesus. Do you think they thought these were important? I do believe so. I do believe so. And thank you for your comments this morning, Debbie. Uh, the practical application of God's word <laughs> right down to the choosing of clothing in the morning. Wow. We have a gracious God. I am uh, not going to read those verses, uh, the preceding, because they've sort of been already read in the Matthew passage. But I'm going to focus on the last two uh, verses of uh, uh, 31 to 32 is actually the verses that I'm going to consider this morning. And uh, we already heard one of those verses already from Matthew, but I'm going to read it again. The first one is from Luke chapter 12, verse 31, where it says, But seek his kingdom... And of course, Matthew adds, and his righteousness, and these things will be given to you as well. You know, uh, I first came to Emmanuel in 1965. I, uh, Canadian, came to Riverside to, uh, to go to school at Riverside City College. And uh, after Riverside, I'm came in here to go to Cal State, California State University at Los Angeles. And I drove for Embry Bus Company up here, that was up here on Allen, those, those, uh, those years. And uh, we were part of this church at that point. I was, but, uh, and then in 69, Irene and I were married, not here, but in Wisconsin, came back and were part of this church. We left here in 1971, and you know, at that time, I was not seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I was trying to live in two kingdoms, <laughs> one foot in each. It doesn't work. I knew that when God got a hold of me, it would be all or nothing for me, and so I was a little hesitant to commit my life to the Lord in total. Uh, so we moved to... Uh, Vancouver, British Columbia. And uh, it was there that God, God got a hold of me. <laughs> and it was in uh, Western Canada. I had experienced a revival at that time. And uh, God brought me under deep conviction, and I uh, committed my life totally to the Lord. And I think there was a total transformation, and my wife was totally pleased and surprised as I started seeking the, the kingdom. 
and his righteousness in a way that I'd never done before. And uh, God at that time led me to go to uh, get my uh, elementary credential at Simon Fraser University and uh, took a job in a suburb of Vancouver. And uh, that spring, in the middle of the session, about April, uh, my brother and his wife, who were missionaries in Africa for 30-some years, which I said I would never be, uh, thought they were wasting their time there. And uh, at, at one point, um, you see, Irene had been in uh, Africa before we were married and had worked at the same radio station that uh, Dama, Pastor Dama, worked at later. See how our lives are intertwined in the kingdom? We're part of the family. And uh, so uh, people would ask me, well, are you going back to Africa? And I said, no way. And uh, then my brother and his wife came, and uh, after God had got my attention, and uh, they said, we have a need for a teacher starting uh, uh, in July 1st out in Cameroon, West Africa. Would you be interested? And our response was immediately, of course, without hesitation. We sold all our stuff, applied for visas, and made arrangements to go to Cameroon on July 1st. That's when we began to experience the reality of these preceding verses. Consider the lilies. <laughs> Monday, July 1st, we were to fly from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan to Cameroon via Brussels, Belgium, together with my brother and his family. Saturday, June 29th, came and no visas. Sunday, June 30th, came, no visa. We were staying with my sister and her, and her husband in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, and late in the afternoon, about 5 o'clock, a Canada Post vehicle pulls up outside. Now, Canada Post does not deliver mail on Saturday or Sunday. And there was a special delivery for Larry and Irene Olson. The visas were there. We were able to fly. We uh, were there for seven years at the uh, one-room boarding school uh, the, run by the uh, Church of the Lutheran Brethren. It's a, uh, it's a, it was a boarding school. We went from first to eighth grade, and the parents would leave their children there for months at a time, starting at first grade. In fact, the, uh, current, uh, the current director of world missions for uh, the Church of the Lutheran Brethren, Dan Venberg, was one of my first students. He was first grade. Now he's director of world missions for the Church of the Lutheran Brethren. Well, during that time, we saw again and again the reality of those verses that Don read. Consider the sparrows. <laughs> and uh, there was one time when we had to take Teresa to a, an eye doctor way down in Chad where there was civil war raging and we were stopped 20 times at road checks, military roadblocks. They'd surround our vehicle with their submachine guns and tell us to get out of the car and get out all our luggage. Well, we were in the middle of the desert in South, uh, South Chad and the fan belt broke on our little Renault 5 or Renault 6 or whatever it was, a little car. 
And we thought, what in the world are we going to do? I took all the baggage out of the back end and looking for some, maybe a scrap of rope or something. And there, tucked down between the seats, was a brand new fan belt. <laughs> to this day, nobody knows how it got there. Uh, we experienced it. We experienced those verses. Uh, in fact, there was a song that we sang often uh, when we got together on Sunday nights with the, with the children. Irene would play the guitar and teach the other kids to play guitar. And we'd sing this song. Consider the lilies, they toil not nor spin. They bask in God's sunshine. They drink in, no, uh, they drink in God's rain. If God cares for them in such marvelous ways, how much more? How much more, how much more will he care for you and supply every need every day? Uh, it goes on for quite a while. Anyway, we sing that time after time, and we, we, we experienced it time after time. Well, we returned to Canada to teach in a small school in, near Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. So during that time, that seven years, that uh, the president of the uh, Canadian region of the Church of the Lutheran Brethren came to me and he said, uh, we'd like to help you uh, go to seminary in uh, Fergus Falls, Minnesota. Would you be interested? Familiar question? Ha! Uh, and uh, of course we said yes. We, I re resigned from my teaching position there. And we went to Fergus Falls, family of six. I couldn't work, so I was an alien. Student, Irene worked five jobs during that three years, but God provided in miraculous ways. There were times when we didn't know how we were gonna pay the mortgage payment, and which was a miracle in itself the, that we got a house. And, uh, but all of a sudden, a check would appear, or somebody would call. And uh, for three years, and back to Canada to serve in a church south of Calgary, Alberta. And uh, at the end of uh, five and some years, I burnt out. <clears throat> I left the ministry for a period of time. I thought that I would never go back into the ministry. I thought that was the end, and I felt like uh, over my house was a big F, failure. But God was gracious. After going farming for eight months, he called us to Sydney, Montana for a three-year interim while they doc the pastor there had had a heart attack. <clears throat> and then, while we were in Sydney, Montana, a guy by the name of Jerry Liveston, remember that name, uh, drove up from Fort Collins, Colorado, and he said, he took me out for lunch. And he said, uh, we have a need for a pastor in Fort Collins, Colorado. Would you be interested? <laughs> well, uh, that December we moved to, uh, or whenever it was, in, uh, to Fort Collins, Colorado. And uh, 15 years later, in 2014, we were considering retirement or semi-retirement in Arizona. United States of America. When I called Chuck Edom for, at Emmanuel Lutheran Church to encourage them because I'd heard that you were going through some struggles. And uh, as, I, as we talked, he said, by the way, 
we need a pastor, an interim pastor here at Emmanuel. Would you be interested? <laughs> and, and, of course, you know, you know uh, the rest of the story. But um, fast forward. <laughs> oh, in the meantime, in the meantime, in, in Fort Collins, Colorado, Jerry Livingston, remember him? His wife, uh, Mary Lee, had passed away from cancer. And uh, he had uh, my last act as a pastor in Fort Collins, Colorado, was to marry Jerry and Cindy, our pianist. And then fast forward to 2023, January. Meantime, they had moved to Arizona, to an RV resort there in Arizona. January 2023, we drove out to Safford, uh, Arizona to see our daughter on the way back. We stopped to see Jerry and Cindy. And as we were talking, Cindy said, oh, by the way, our pastor, <laughs> our pastor is leaving and, uh, <laughs> this after, after Easter. And we're going to be in need of a pastor at our, uh, a seasonal pastor at our RV resort. Uh, would you be interested? <laughs> well, <clears throat> I said, well, later to a contact in the church there, I said, uh, I'm almost 80 years old. I'll be 80 years old in August. The person answered, so? Is that a problem? <laughs> I said, well, if it's not a problem for you, it's not a problem for us. And so here we go. Uh, we're leaving uh, on, uh, we're closing hopefully on June uh, 15th, selling our house in Laverne, our beautiful um, triple wide, and uh, moving to uh, the Arizonian uh, RV resort in uh, Gold Canyon, Arizona. Well, seven miles out in the country from from uh, Gold Canyon, and we're moving into a 400-square-foot uh, park model there, and uh, that's looking forward to the next chapter. But today, I get to proclaim God's word to you one more time before we leave. And that word that I'm going to give, proclaim to you today is that one verse Verse 32 of Luke chapter 12, where it says, Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. You know, sometimes we feel so insignificant and small and so few. Jesus recognized that. The disciples would feel that. The church has felt that over the generations. We, for so few, we're so insignificant. And realizing that, Jesus made this statement. Do not be afraid, little flock. That means us as individuals, but us as a church. For your heavenly Father has already been pleased to give you the kingdom. And so we ask, what does that mean? 
give you the kingdom. Well, that means, first of all, that he gives us Jesus Christ. You see, where Christ is, there is the kingdom. Where the kingdom is, there is Christ. When Jesus began his ministry of preaching, he said, Behold, the kingdom of God is near. But it also means all of the blessings, the benefits, the privileges, and the resources of the kingdom of God have already been put at our disposal. To list the full extent of the kingdom would take days, but I want to enumerate a few of the benefits of receiving the kingdom. And I've chosen to do them alphabetically because there's so many of them. And uh, I, I start out with A. The first one is adoption. We had received adoption into God's family. In Ephesians 1.5, in love, God predestined us to be his children through Jesus Christ in accordance with his great pleasure. Imagine being an orphan. No family, no identity, no history, and no hope. And being adopted into the family of God. <laughs> there is one person in our congregation who has, uh, has, has this has just become such a, a, an amazing thing to her because, you know, her family relations are not good. And she's been adopted into the family. So the first one we have is adoption. We've been adopted. Second one is blessing. Again in Ephesians 1, we read in Ephesians 1, 3, He has blessed us. He has blessed us. He has blessed us in the heavenly realms. That's His kingdom. That's His kingdom, the heavenly realms. With every spiritual blessing in Jesus Christ, there's nothing else we need. There's nothing else we need. We are complete in him. And then uh, in Ephesians 4, he chose us. Remember as kids picking up sides, teams, and always being the last one <laughs> to be chosen? I had... I have six brothers, and they were all sort of athletic. I was not. <laughs> I loved to uh, read and, and, you know, do things like that. I wasn't athletic. I'd, be, I'd had an eye injury, uh, my left eye, uh, a scar on the cornea when I was a kid, and uh, it always affected my depth perception. So when I played baseball, I, I didn't know, I couldn't see where the ball really was. And... Uh, I was always chosen last. <laughs> Imagine being chosen first. Well, it says he chose us. Well, let's look at that. He, God, chose us. He, God, God chose us. He chose us. He chose us. Wow. He chose us in Christ before the creation of the world to be what? To be holy and blameless in his sight. Wow. Four, citizenship. <laughs> what people do to attain citizenship in the U.S. or Canada. They'll go through anything. 
They'll pay any amount of money to receive the benefits of citizenship. We are already citizens of heaven, the heavenly kingdom, with all its rights and privileges. Five, we receive forgiveness of sins, past, present, and future. In Colossians 1.13, it says, He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son that He loves, in whom we have redemption and what? The forgiveness of sins. Our sins are forgiven. <laughs> past, present, future. By his death on the cross. We have, uh, we were just uh, remembering a fellow from, uh, that uh, we both knew, Irene and I both knew. He was a professor at our seminary. His name was uh, Dr. Christensen. And he used to sing a song. He had a deep voice. Uh, and he would sing this song. Down, 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 down in the depths of the sea. And then, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know the rest of this song, but we would sometimes make f fun of him. But he, has, he was just a, you know, just a really great guy. But, and then he, part of the, other, <laughs> the other part of the song goes, My sins of the past are all gone at last. I am free, free, free. That leads us into number six, freedom, freedom. He has rescued us from the trap of the devil who has taken us captive to do his will. That's what it says in Timothy. And John 8, 31 and 32, Jesus said to his disciples, if you hold to my teaching, you are truly my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will what? Set you free. Free from the penalty and the power of sin. Free from guilt and condemnation. In fact, Paul said in Galatians 5.1, You, my brothers and sisters, you were called to be free. And here I have to remind me Freedom matters. We are called to live in the freedom of the gospel. Yep. Number seven, what comes after F? G. Grace. In Ephesians 4, 7, to each one of us, grace has been given just as Christ has apportioned. We don't deserve any of the kingdom benefits they are purely out of God's grace. In fact, I think Don read in 2 Corinthians that uh, he is able to make all grace, or at least it's in that passage, he is able to make all grace abound to you so that what? In all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in all good Then there's the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ lives in us, in you and me by his Holy Spirit. When we, when we talk about children, about Jesus living in your heart, I think it's, it's pretty necessary to make it clear that uh, Jesus lives in our heart by his Spirit. <laughs> because they can take us pretty literally sometimes. Anyway, <laughs> I pondered that when I was about three, four years old. How could Jesus live inside of me? Well, it's by his spirit, of course. So Jesus lives in us by his spirit. 
And um, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. You can't live the Christian life, and I can't live the Christian life. It is Christ who lives his life in us. He is for us what we are not by his death on the cross. He He does in us and through us what we cannot. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. So Jesus, by his Holy Spirit, lives in us. uh, And in Christ, we have all of the rest of the list that I would would list about the kingdom of God. Um, It goes on to talk about joy. Joy, inexpressible, unspeakable, and full of glory. Unexplainable joy when things all around seem to be crashing to the ground. There's joy, and uh, as Dama shared with us yesterday at the men's breakfast, talking about the joy of the Lord that is our strength. And I've experienced that. We've experienced it as God has renewed our, our strength and our joy. Anyway, we have new life, life overflowing and everlasting. 1 John 5, 13. I write these things to you so that you may know or I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Lord, Jesus Christ. Why? So that you may know, what? That you have eternal life. You can have assurance of eternal life. You can have assurance of forgiveness of sins. And then, in Christ, we have the five Ps, I call them. The five P's, let me list them as we close. We have his presence. I am with you always till the very end of the age. How can he not be with us? He's in us. So we have his presence. We have his peace. Peace I leave with you. Not as the world gives. You know, there have been times when I've felt a little bit guilty. When people have been freaking out all around me. (laughs) And I've just felt peace. Peace. Inexplicable peace. But that's what the Bible says as part of the kingdom. When the world seems to be collapsing and your world seems to be collapsing all around you, you can have peace. It's a gift. <laughs> when, we were, when we were traveling, one of the trips we made to, for our daughter in, in Chad, Africa, during the Civil War, I mean, there was war. There was, nobody knew who the enemy was. People were armed to the teeth. Some of the people were tra- <laughs> walking along with a bundle of spears and their bows and arrows, and some had these old, old shotguns and stuff because there was war between the north and the south. And we were, tra- we were the only white people traveling without a military ec- escort. <laughs> and we would be stopped, and we were t- told that they were going to requisition our gasoline and all this kind of stuff, because we had two jerry cans of gas in the back. And as we traveled along on those terrible roads, and off- often in the ditch, because the roads were so bad, uh, t- what, 12 hours to go 250 kilometers? Something like that. Um, Inside that vehicle was a cocoon of peace. Inexplicable peace. 
So we have his presence. We have his peace. We have his power. (laughs) Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will, not he doesn't say you will do this and this and this. He says you will be. He gives us the power to be. You will be my witnesses. He didn't say you will do this and this and this. He said you will be. I will give you the power to be. In a world that's going crazy, I will give you the power to be. And lastly, he gives us his privilege. We are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Uh, An author that I love is Ron Dunn. He tells about when he took his kids to the county fair, and he he bought a bunch of tickets and was, you know, he had four or five kids. And uh, as they got on these rides, he'd pass out the ticket to them. And he said the fifth kid came along and... uh, in the line, and here it was this sixth kid came along <laughs> and reaching for a ticket. And he says, who are you? <laughs> and he says, oh, I'm, I'm Jimmy. I'm with him, pointing to one of his kids. <laughs> and his, the kid says, it's okay, Dad. He's with me. And so he gave him a ticket. Well, when we ask God, when we come to God, Jesus says, it's okay. He's with me. She's with me. Give them them everything that they need. Uh, I guess I'm a little emotional because it's it's been a roller coaster. You know, you can't be in two places at once. Oh, boy. (laughs) Good thing I got this. (laughs) So, as Pastor Andy says, brothers and sisters, (laughs) that's not my term usually, but I I love when he says that. Brothers and sisters, friends, members of the family of God, Emmanuel Church, Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. It has been the Father's great pleasure and delight to give you the kingdom. This is our home church. We're going to a mission in Arizona. The leaders of our congregation and Pastor Alvarado and his congregation have already um, gave, given us their blessing <laughs> um, to pray for us, to support us, and we are going to be a part, like I said, we're going to be joining the Wednesday night uh, prayer time and Bible study by Zoom. Uh, we're going to be having a, a monthly Bible study by Zoom. And Amanda's not here, but a couple of last month when we were having communion, I just need to tell you this. 
pardon, I'm taking a little bit more time, but I, I just need to do that. And I have the right to do it, so just sit tight. <laughs> uh, you know, I've been with you a little while, and I think I know you pretty well. <clears throat> We've been a lot through a lot together. Um, the last time we had communion, Amanda came down right toward the end, and uh, she got to receive the, the, the juice. And, uh, but we'd already served the, the bread. So she came up afterwards and she said, oh, I need, I, I need to get, receive the bread. And um, Amanda is really a miracle of God's grace too. When we first came here, I felt the need to just emphasize prayer for restoration of relationships within the families here, the family of God. First of all, relationship with God. Anyway, she came up and we re I served her the bread and, and, and then she said, well, I thought you were leaving later in the year. I said, no, we're leaving in June. And, but I said, we're going to be coming back for, for a couple weeks at a time because this is our home church and our family. This is home. And uh, she said, uh, and, but, uh, and then she said, oh, by the way, we have a little apartment in the back of our garage that nobody is using. It will be available to you to come and use at any time. Talk about a prophet's chamber. Like in I, <laughs> with Elijah. What a blessing! I know many of you have asked us, uh, that, said that we you have room in your house, but here we get to come and just be, come and go. So we are uh, continuing to be a part of this. But uh, I just want to uh, to pray for you before before I close today because uh, it's just this, this verse has just meant so much at this point Heavenly Father I am just so so thankful and grateful that you have given us this promise that I can pass on to this congregation of beautiful people that uh, not to be afraid because it has been your great pleasure and delight to give us all of the benefits and all of the resources of the kingdom, of your kingdom. And so, Lord, I pray that, these, that your people here would, <laughs> would take advantage of those blessings as they go forward in ministry here that you would bless them abundantly in order that they can continue to be a blessing to others. In Jesus' name, amen.